Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. Today, the World Bank reports the agriculture sector represents 28% of all employment globally. In the U.S., agriculture represents only 1% of all workers. And across most of Europe, agriculture hovers around less than 5% of all jobs. Many people working in the ag industry today were raised in agriculture, whether they showed animals, had a parent in the industry, or grew up working on a family farm. Yet, there are others who didn't, who didn't have a background in ag, had to learn it from the ground up, and who also became very successful. So the question for today is, how can young people who are not raised in agriculture break through to begin a successful career in the agriculture industry? Welcome to an exciting episode of the Ag Future Podcast. I'm Brian Lawless, North American Brand Manager at Alltech, and today I'm joined by Dr. Keith Latson, a board-certified equine veterinarian and co-founder of Full Bucket Health. Dr. Latson serves as NBC's on-call veterinarian for the Kentucky Derby and has even worked with Triple Crown winners across his impressive career. But unlike some of his careers, Dr. Latson did not grow up in the world of agriculture, equine, or animal health. He grew up as a military kid living all across the U.S., so how did Dr. Ladson even get into the world of agriculture? What is he doing now? And most importantly for our listeners, what lessons can Dr. Latson's story teach to those of you who are not in the agriculture industry today, but want to work in ag in the future? I'm really looking forward to this. Dr. Keith Latson, welcome to the Ag Future Podcast. Thanks, Brian. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Someone wise in my life once said, begin with the end in mind. So I'd like for our listeners to know a bit of where your story not necessarily ends, but is today. So I, I think I stole a bit of your thunder in the intro, but uh, what do you do for work these days? <laughs> well, that's always an interesting question to answer. I've, after having quite a career at the racetrack as a veterinarian and a surgeon for thoroughbred racehorses in Southern California, um, I, I left the racetrack for a life of entrepreneurship. And that's been a, a, an interesting lesson to learn, entrepreneurship itself as well as keeping that, that end in mind every time we start something new. Um, there, there are so many lessons that had to be learned in building our companies and our brands um, that, that distracted us um, from that end in mind. Uh, so that in and of itself is a, is a really big lesson to, um, to really, really um, focus on versus uh, just learning. Uh, we've all heard it before, but um, oftentimes it takes someone to, to reach out and say, hey, uh, keep in mind why you started this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The begin with the end of the mind concept uh, runs true you know, throughout all of our career, not just in the beginning. And that's where I want to start uh, you know, right now. You were not raised in the ag or animal health industry. Can you tell us a little bit about how you were first exposed to agriculture? Sure. I, I grew up, as you said, as the son of a military officer. And so we moved every two to three years. There, there wasn't really anything in my life other than uh, youth soccer and, and um, suburbia as a kid. Um, occasionally, we would, we would go to on field trips or something to expose us um, in our schools to agriculture or, or farms or um, those sorts of things. But the real first trigger for me was as a Cub Scout, uh, we took a trip to Monmouth Park while we were living at Fort Monmouth in New Jersey. Uh, Fort Monmouth is now closed 
uh, for the military, but we took this trip to the barn area. And, and as soon as I got there and saw the horses being saddled up and coming back from the track, steaming with sweat. And, um, the first time I laid my eyes on a, on a real live thoroughbred racehorse, I, I thought it was the most impressive, spectacular athlete or animal I'd ever seen. Um, and so that was, that was the first, first time for me that I really got a taste of what else was out there besides what I was being exposed to every day as a, as a suburban kid on a military base. Um, and that really stuck with me as we, we watched the Kentucky Derby. That was really the only horse racing you could find on TV back then um, when we had 26 channels and a wired cable box. Um, so the first Saturday in May, every year, my family and I would watch the Kentucky Derby. And there are so many of those races that I remember watching and um, seeing Bob Baffert cover his, cover his mouth with one finger when, when Real Quiet was running. And uh, there are so many of those experiences that I was watching on TV. And I, I wished that I could connect with that more. Um, and ultimately, I did. I just didn't know how it would happen. Well, I can definitely relate uh, to you on the fact that I grew up in suburbia and grew up playing soccer, and uh, the the first Saturday in May was huge. Uh, I'm a Kentucky native, so I can definitely relate to those things. For you, what was the turning point where you said you took, uh, we'll say, ag seriously, you really jumped in uh, in a meaningful way with the equine industry? Well, I think it was just a, it was a stroke of luck, honestly. Um, my dad was a Texas resident and he told me I could go anywhere I wanted for college as long as it was in Texas. And uh, so my sister had already gone to Texas A&M University for her freshman year in college while I finished high school. And I knew that I was, I was headed west. We were in Georgia at the time and I knew that I was headed west for college um, but I didn't know if that would be University of Texas or if that would be one of the smaller schools or whether it would be Texas A&M. Well, my first stop was Texas A&M in College Station. And as soon as I got there, it was, it was like being home. Um, you know, there were, there were so many different interesting people there. There were, there were people in cowboy hats and Wranglers. There were people in, in flip-flops and cutoff jeans. There were, I mean, you name it, those people were there. Um, and as you wandered over from main campus to West campus, there was this whole area of, of animal science and the veterinary school and all of those things were there. And I, I just sort of looked around and it, it felt comfortable and it felt like it fit. Um, and I didn't really realize that after my first couple of years in engineering, slogging through an engineering program and uh, not, not really knowing why I was doing it other than that I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. So I thought that, you know, that that's a nice angle to take bioengineering uh, as a launching pad into orthopedic surgery for humans. Um, and, and along the way, I met a person named Amy Reed, whose dad happened to be one of the premier uh, racehorse veterinarians in Louisiana. Um, I needed a summer job and he needed someone who was willing to work hard six days a week. And so Amy connected me with Dr. Reed and I got a phone call over Christmas one year and he said, Hey, uh, I hear you're interested in horses. I hear you love racehorses and I'd love, love to offer you a place to live and, and uh, job for the summer at the racetrack with me. And 
So I just said, yes, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, I knew I was willing to work hard and I knew it was going to be hot, um, but I knew nothing else. And so when I went for that first day at work, I knew that was it. I did not want to be in a, in a human hospital. I wanted to be with the horses. And so if I'm hearing what you say, what you're saying, it seems like you said yes to to a lot of different, you know, unique opportunities. You, you went to Texas A&M, the school in Texas you could go to. You, you kind of said, I'll say yes to not pursuing something that you, you thought you would in orthopedics. And then you said yes to this opportunity uh, with Mr. Reed. So I think at least to me that that jumps out as, you know, a really important point for, for those of us who are looking to get into agriculture is when you get the opportunity even if you're working six days a week, um, you know, jump in. Uh, were there maybe early on, you know, when you were getting into agriculture, are there any other uh, keys to success that maybe you, you would want to point out? Well, I, I think saying yes is the first step for a lot of people. Um, it, it's really easy for all of us to, to sink back into our comfort zones and, and not really push ourselves into uh, unique experiences or, or the unknown. And for me, that, that certainly was the unknown other than uh, that there was a person on the other end of that phone who made me feel very comfortable saying yes. Um, I, I think the other thing too is just being willing to be a beginner. Um, you know, in, in these days with so much information out there, it, it's really easy to, to get analysis paralysis and we, we start looking for that perfect thing. Um, and I think if we, if we keep looking for that perfect thing, we'll never uncover the other opportunities that are out there uh, that, that may come to us from that unperfect thing that we've said yes to. Um, and certainly for me, uh, working six days a week, 13 hours a day uh, in the Louisiana sun was, was not necessarily perfect by a lot of people's standards. Um, and there were certain things that I didn't like about the job, but it opened up this world to me, which combined my my passion for orthopedics and for building things. Um, I grew up rebuilding motorcycles and, and riding dirt bikes. And so, um, it, you know, it uncovered that opportunity to be able to to put fractures back together in high level racehorses. Um, it uncovered the, the world of science behind the racehorse and the mechanics behind a racehorse to me. And all of those things were, were topics that I was exposed to as an engineering student or rebuilding those motorcycles that I had no idea existed. And I wouldn't had I not said yes to Dr. Reed. And certainly I wouldn't have met, met the person who became such a, a great professional mentor for me. Um, through the years, not just through school and vet school, but as a as a young professional veterinarian as well. Absolutely. And so you touched on saying yes to these opportunities, but, you know, someone like a mentor, you know, kind of has to provide those opportunities. And it seems like Dr. Reed uh, was that for you. And, and it seemed like there were a couple different paths you were considering. And I think a lot of our uh, listeners would be at a you know, point in their life where there'd be you know, choosing kind of like you did with Dr. Reed, what made his mentorship or his impact on your life so attractive? There are a few things. One is he, he allowed himself to be a little bit vulnerable with me in that he, he was happy to talk about the things that worked for him and the failures that he'd had as he encountered his, his success, as he built his business, 
as he was trying to balance his family life with his work life, um, as he as he worked with difficult clients, as he celebrated successes with some of some of those clients, um, and really watching and learning and being open to me, peppering him with questions uh, about all of those things and about the horses, just as I was learning about what are the common injuries of racehorses, what are our options for treating those injuries, um, and then discovering, well, what's, what's beyond what we have today and what's possible? Uh, what, what's coming down the pipeline in terms of science and medicine and treatment that we may be able to use five or 10 or 20 years from now. And now I'm, I'm standing in a position where many of those things that were just conceptual 20 years ago, we're actually using every day. And I think that's one of the really exciting opportunities that a lot of us as seasoned professionals within the agricultural industry, um, that's one of the opportunities that we have is to, to help young people who are trying to break into this, this really niche world of agriculture um, and, and all of the different channels within agriculture, it, it's really an opportunity for us to, to reach out to them and help them imagine what the opportunities can be for themselves. Yeah, I, I, I like that point of being okay with being vulnerable. You, you touched on this, you know, within you know, two seconds in a Google search, you can be an expert on a given topic. And I think, you know, having someone who's okay with saying, I don't know how to solve this problem. Uh, you know, I, I looked at all, all the answers, but maybe I still don't have them. You know, they don't exist on Google. And I think particularly for younger folks who are trying to get into an industry like agriculture. I mean, if you look in the U.S., we have 99% of the folks uh, who would not be in agriculture and only 1% who would be in. And we make, uh, I think, a lot of 99% and 1% uh, kind of comparisons. But I do think uh, it takes someone getting involved in someone else's life uh, to make that happen. So maybe now looking at as you're looking at the next generation, um, how do you think you know the industry should approach getting the next generation involved, both in agriculture, but maybe talk um, about getting the next generation involved in the equine industry? Oh, there are so many opportunities for all of us who are who are involved at all levels of our industry, whether it's as a as a veterinary technician who is encouraging young people to to come and shadow and say, hey, look at what I do for for these animals that are that are sick and we're helping them get better. This is what I do every day. Um, it could be the the scientist who is studying some of the new technologies in, in microbiome science. Um, it, it could be, um, uh, there are so many things out there. It's just, uh, it, it, and even for me to just try and think about these things as you and I are talking, uh, there, there are so many channels that it can be overwhelming to pick the few that we talk about, it, which makes me realize that young people who are exposed to all of these things plus more, um, it, it can be so difficult for them too. So I think the opportunities for us are to, to be open. Uh, listen, if somebody reaches out to me on LinkedIn and says, hey, I've, I'm really interested in knowing more about something, um, can, you, can you help point me in the, in the right direction? This is somebody who has had the courage to reach out, has shown some real interest, uh, and, and I'm going to respond to that because that's how I 
broken. Um, and, and I think it can be on an individual basis like that. I also think that um, some of the larger corporations and, and industry organizations like the American Association of Equine Practitioners with which I've been associated for many years um, have, have created real opportunities to help people connect um, within their industries. So I, I think it takes a young person being resourceful and looking for those opportunities or for those people who might be willing to connect on social platforms like LinkedIn. Um, you know, many of us are not on Snapchat and Instagram and, and those places. Um, so I, I think that there's a little bit of a divide um, between how young people commonly communicate and connect and some of the more seasoned people in agriculture. Um, and so I, I think there has to be that, that open communication both ways and the willingness to take on a little bit of a mentorship role um, and, and take a chance on people. Because when we say yes and they say yes, uh, the, the opportunities are endless. Yeah. And, and you really, I think you touched on something. I just want to drive a little bit deeper in because I think you touched a lot on what it takes to be a good mentor, but you began to start on what you would look for in a potential mentee, you know, someone who would be bold enough to reach out directly on LinkedIn. You know, when you're looking at the next generation, what are you looking at in, in a potential mentee, someone that you would mentor? I, I, you know, when I was young and trying to break in and into the thoroughbred industry, um, I, I used to put my hands in my pockets and, um, it was a, it was a habit that I had and I didn't realize I had it. And I, I didn't realize that I was communicating that, um, you know, maybe I wasn't sure of myself. Maybe, maybe I wasn't interested, whatever that message was. Um, it, it wasn't the message of, Hey, I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. Um, and, and so I think moving beyond constantly looking at that, at that phone, move beyond that. Um, show that that enthusiasm, that courage to reach out. Um, show that you don't have your hands in your pockets, or, or that you're constantly on your on your social media. And it, look, let's work, let's discover, let's talk, uh, let's interact, because those human relationships are the things that that I think we all really um, we all really revel in, and that's what drives us forward in our profession. Um, so that's what I'm looking for in a young mentee. I'm looking for somebody who has already has already had a few experiences, uh, has already taken a few chances. Uh, maybe maybe I'm the first chance that they've taken um, to reach out to. But certainly, if they're showing that enthusiasm and and that they have researched multiple things around what I do, um, I. I'm willing to answer questions. I'm willing to point them in the right directions that they think they want to go. Um, man, that's a that's an exciting person when they come to me. And I, there are three or four who come to mind throughout my career that it's been really fun to watch develop from young college students who were doing something in a in a horse racing club or uh, Darley Flying Start, um, some of some of these development programs. Um, young people who have reached out from those programs and said, Hey, I I've seen what you do. I'm really interested in it. Could I spend a day with you in your truck at the racetrack? Absolutely. Come on, let me introduce you to some other people. Uh, and that really becomes their first working interview with me. Um, so I, I, those are the types of things that I'm looking for. 
Um, and as a mentee, I, I want to give them everything I can that is actionable um, and thought provoking. And if, if we both have done that for each other as mentor and mentee, I think we've really accomplished something together. Yeah, it's seeing someone succeed. Uh, who you know, who was a, a mentee of yours. I, I can only imagine it's just got to be so you know encouraging and, and must give you a, a ton of energy to keep uh, reaching out to others because you know it's not just uh, you know being a mentor yourself. It's being a mentor uh, to someone else. And, and it's it's interesting you touched on no hands in the pockets. Our uh, owner and founder, um, the late Dr. Pierce Lyons, had a big thing of no hands in the pockets. That was just a uh, bad expression of body language that didn't show enthusiasm, uh, just like you touched on. So I think there's uh, some cool correlations there. So, you know, moving us into maybe the, the last segment, you know, the question always is, okay, what's next? And so to you, what are some of the positive opportunities you see in equine moving forward? I touched on it a little bit earlier. I think one of the most exciting things that we're seeing coming out in equine health is, and this is, this expands beyond just equine health into, into total animal health, um, is the, the concept and the science behind the microbiome and the metabolome. Um, so the microbiome being the, the living organisms and the DNA that's within the GI tract. Um, and then the metabolome being everything else that's in there. Are there inflammatory mediators? Are there, are there other things that can tell us what's going on with the overall health of an animal um, and, and what the risk or health profile is of an animal? Um, I, I think there's so much on the, on the frontier to be discovered there and to, to really discern how it relates, how each of those findings relates with uh, not just equine health, but how, how those findings drive um, certain discoveries in human health and in pharmaceuticals and, and in, in supplements and feeding and wellness and, and in food as medicine, not just as a, as a function of nutrition. Um, so I, I think that is such an exciting frontier uh, where, where what we do in animal health and what we do in agriculture contributes so much to the overall health of, of the populace of our world. Um, that there's opportunity on, on an individual scale to greatly contribute to society and to our world in that way from agriculture. As a global animal health and nutrition company at Alltech, I, I could not endorse that statement anymore. You know, we have uh, our researchers, you know, working on things from the microbiome, but we have people all throughout the process uh, bringing that to fruition, you know, and we have you know, even taken it into the human health side. I think that connection between, uh, you know, the science that we do connecting between animals and people, um, you know, really just starting with the microbiome is is so exciting. And I think the future is really bright for that. So, uh, what I'd love to do is, is just leave us with a, a specific takeaway uh, for our listeners. So say someone has heard this, what's the first step someone who's interested in agriculture should take if they're not currently involved but want to get involved? Pick up the phone and connect with people. That is number one. Even beyond a connection on LinkedIn, even beyond a colleague calling me and saying, hey, I have a niece or a nephew who is really interested in what you do. When I receive a phone call from a person 
or an email asking for a phone call from a person who is interested in what I do, who is, has researched what I do, I'm going to take that call. And I think there are so many people within our industry, within agriculture, who would be so excited to have somebody connect on that, on that human level um, to say, I'm interested. I'm excited about what you're doing. I would love to know more about how you did it, how you got there, and what's next for you? Where do you go from where you are? Um, that, that is somebody that has a, a bright future. Um, and they, they're showing it to me with their first action. Um, that's a difficult thing for, to do. I know a lot of people have, have trouble picking up the phone and making that cold call. Um, I, it's not my favorite thing to do either, but it has created massive results in my life. I know other people whose, whose lives have been changed by a single phone call. Pick up the phone and make a call. Keith, I think there could not be any better message uh, and more clear message. If you're in, interested in getting into agriculture, pick up the phone, call someone, make a contact, and, and go meet with them. Uh, there's so much that, to unpack here. I think this has been extremely helpful for our listeners. And, and just maybe to sum up a couple things that I heard you said um, that were really interesting, point one just being say yes to things. Um, if you have an opportunity to meet and be mentored by someone, uh, take them up on it. Uh, but the second point being, uh, you know, not only have a mentor in your life, but be a mentor to someone else and be willing to receive uh, that phone call that you just talked about. Uh, but beyond that, uh, be willing to, to be a beginner. I, I really liked uh, that comment because I think in this you know, Google age, we can all be experts within five minutes, uh, but not really. And, and so, you know, with, with the point that Dr. Reed make, made of being okay with being vulnerable, I, I think that's a really important step for, for long-term uh, success. So bringing it all together, show enthusiasm, don't put your hand in your pockets, be willing to take chances, and last but not least, pick up the phone and call someone. You'll be well on your way to a successful career in agriculture. So this is uh, Dr. Keith Latson of Full Bucket Health. Thank you for joining us on the Ag Future Podcast. I sure have enjoyed it. Thank you. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode.